Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, welcome in. It is 6.30 a.m. where I am, 6.32 exactly, which means it's probably 7.32 to where you're listening, but who knows? We got people across the globe, and it is time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall, and joined by, as always, Scott Kennedy. Good morning, Scott, and happy Black Monday to you. Good morning. I wore some black today. Uh, I put on my black uh, for for Black Monday, even though, uh, as some of the chat says, it feels like Victory Monday. You know, um, again, it's it's hard to you, you don't want to dance on anyone's graves, but it's hard to feel too sorry for the head coaches. Now, the assistants aren't making life changing money on one contract, but anybody that signs a, <clears throat> a head coaching contract, they're set for life. One yeah. one deal at a at a Power Five college school or an NFL team, and you've got eight figures to put in the bank. I don't feel too sorry for them, but the, the assistants still have to hustle and yeah. hopefully they, uh, they'll be just fine. Yeah, absolutely. got some uh, surprising names coming down. I see the Vikings are at a complete regime change with Rick Spielman and, uh, Mike, Mark Zimmer, Zimmer? Mark Zimmer, Mike Zimmer, Mike Zimmer, Mike Zimmer. I was like, Mark Zimmer. That's wrong. This Mike Zimmer. Zimmer. Yeah. Mark Zimmer, Zimmer in my head now too. Uh, Zimmer out in uh, Minnesota. We have Brian Flores, probably shockingly, uh, let go in uh, Miami. And also Matt Nagy fired from Chicago. So some not surprises there, but the Miami one's a little bit surprising. Uh, Sunny Day's coming in here saying good morning, Nick Scott, Bronco World. This is one of my best spots for Broncos content. Thank you, Sunny Days. That's really nice of you. Mile High Truth saying top of the morning to you, gentlemen. Top of the morning to you. We got Leon coming in saying, Scott, you are my favorite you are one of my favorite football people to watch now. Yesterday morning, you were awesome speaking to my soul as a fan. So that's nice, Scott. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, like I, I, I saw that earlier and threw a, threw a comment in there because, like I said, it's people like that that makes this fun. I mean, we don't all want to – we like to be challenged on things too. Um, yeah. You know, I'm going to say some stuff that's, that's flat out wrong. I'll get some facts mixed up in my head when I'm doing these live. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, give opinions. And like, like, like we've said, I'm not going to tell you I'm right when it comes to opinions and especially projecting the future, we'll, we'll tell you what we think then we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, exactly. Listen up Broncos country. Tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the huddle up podcast and the blue wire network. Denver Broncos football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because tick pick that's T I C K P I C K is the original no fee ticket site. And the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. Tick pick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it. If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site tick pick will give you 110 percent of the difference in the purchase price that's right guys when we were searching for tickets for the mhh meet and greet for week three at home broncos versus jets tick pick had us locked down so visit tickpick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save ten dollars on your first order of broncos tickets uh, I think that this won't be the last we see Ethan. Uh, good morning to gents in Broncos country. Good to see you, Ethan. Uh, Mark Linmode in the house saying howdy Broncos country. We got our first super here. Uh, Richard coming in with two pounds. Two, no, two euros. That's a euro. Uh, yeah, the pound is the one that doesn't look like the E. It's an, it L, like an so L. Just yeah. think, does it, is it an E? If, if it's an E, it's a euro. If it's not an E, it's a pound. I think I would have gotten that if I was an hour later into my coffee consumption. And you have uh, a 30 inch monitor like I do. I, yeah. I, I look like this to look across the screen. So I've got, I've got, I think about 50 inches of monitor across me this way. I got, I got two set up and they're both rather big. When I play civilization, by God, I want to see full cities. God, I was going <laughs> to say a big gold gamer nerd over here. Uh, what about Spielman and Zimmer fired at one year after George Payton left? Um, I, I don't, I don't know what to make of that. I guess it's, it's kind of the situation where they have earned a division with 
the best quarterback in football right now, that makes it pretty darn hard to get over the hump. Um, that's just the reality of it. So uh, Peyton might bring them in. Peyton might bring them in in some s- sort of capacity, but uh, we'll see what happens. It tells me it was a good time to get going. You know, if you're waiting for the right opportunity um, and you were sitting there in the Minnesota Vikings, I think, you know, if you're a smart man, and so far most of the indications that I've seen so far are that George Payton is a smart man. Yeah. Read the tea leaves and get out while the getting's good and get yourself into a, a good situation with a lot of cap space, a young roster. And uh, I mean, and at worst, you know, a one-year stay of execution on the coach before you get to build your own team. I mean, it's it's the general manager's dream, honestly. I mean, the only thing that could make it a little better for Peyton right now is to have a deep-pocketed, free-spending owner that stays out of the way. That's the only thing keeping this from being a gen- the Denver Broncos job from being a general manager's dream. I would push back just a little bit. The owner, I agree with you. Um, having Mahomes and Herbert in the division for the next 10 yeah, to 15 years. The fun years part sucks. is finding those guys. For a general manager, the fun yeah. part isn't, you know, th- those guys are coaches' dreams. The general manager's job is the year prior to that when you get those guys and you, you once you've got them, then they're, I mean, yeah, you, you want to win and build around them, but it's a little yeah. bit of a headache at that point because you're dealing with their contracts and they're huge and their agents and their prima donnas. The fun part's finding those guys. So, to go out and build, including your franchise quarterback like that, and find that guy and groom him and make him your own, man, that's that's why you get into this business. So yeah, I like it. it. I'm not saying it's the best that. situation because you don't have your quarterback yeah. yet and you're not sure where you're gonna hit him. But from yeah. I'm a I'm a team builder. Yeah. I want to go find my guy. I do. Yeah. I love I like team building too. Um obviously that's why we bounce off like we do. But uh, the quarterback situation for Denver is a precarious one. And the time, I guess the timeline is, or the clock is ticking on Peyton because uh, it's going to be tough. And he knows that they're going to have to find the guy because to get over the hurdle of Mahomes and Patrick or Patrick Mahomes year after year is not an easy one. Uh, Luke Wright coming in and saying, what's up, Nick and Scott? I'm happy. It feels like a victory Monday. Let's go Broncos. I feel bad for Vic. Um, I think Peyton in his interview even came out and said, you know, we didn't really get everything right. The quarterback position, blah, blah, blah around him but three three losing seasons not really seemingly much love for Vic Fangio in that locker room I know Shelby Harris jumped out on social medias and uh, talked highly of him but still it, it was the right move um I whatever happens with Fangio going forward you know if he goes to the Raiders that's gonna suck but uh it was the right move it was time to move on I just hope that Peyton gets it right yeah like I I said before I've said before I said yesterday I'm more surprised that he was here at all this year than I am that he was fired after this year, for sure. I mean, a new general manager coming in with a guy with a what was he four and 12, 11 and what's 11 months or 11 and 21 record. And you're, yeah. and, and he, he got to stay for another year. You're welcome. Yeah, absolutely. We got a bunch of people saying coming in saying good morning, Broncos country, Fangio and staff are gone. Scott, if you see any supers that come up, um, please pull them up because I don't always see them. Uh, Corey Johnson listing his guys that might make some sense here. We got Dan Quinn, Byron Leftwich, and Mike Zimmer. Uh, Scott, what do you think? I mean, gosh, you're going to be the inside guy if the Broncos bring in Dan Quinn, who seems to be well, the outside. Not necessarily favorite. the inside guy, but I've got a little bit more, um, you know. And listening to Zach yesterday, he, he was saying a lot of the same things I am. It's not necessarily that we're advocating for Dan Quinn. It's just that the things that you didn't really like about Vic Fangio, other than the fact that he was a defensive guy, which is irrelevant if you're winning games, is the opposite of Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn is very likable. His players love him. He is genuine. Um, you know, I, I just, I got the feeling just in the, the the year that I was watching, and I've watched a lot of the press conferences because I'm cutting up all these videos and doing the show, that, that Big Fangio was insecure. You know, it's like it took him a long time to get this job, and now he was, I mean, he acted like a, a kid. It was strange. I, I said that before. I said he's probably 10, 15 years older than me, and I feel like he's a, a child at times. Like an insecure kid, not a 60-year-old man who has, you know, got more money than he'll ever need for the rest of his life. And he's confident in what he's doing. You know, like I said, I was most ashamed isn't the right word. It sounds so ridiculous to say, but embarrassed for him after the victory against the Cowboys. That was when I thought he acted the absolute worst. I was like, wow. But, you know, the phrase is act like you've been there before. And, well, he hadn't. He hadn't been there before. And it was really poor. Um, Dan Quinn is the absolute 
antithesis in that all the all the credit's going to go to the players. All the blame's going to come to him. Um, you know, he might choose somebody out in the background, but that's how you handle it. He'll protect his yeah. players in the public. Um, he will give autonomy to the off the offensive coordinator. So he's an easy guy to root for. He inspires a lot of loyalty, all those good things. So, um, you know, is he a perfect candidate? No, he's not, but you know, you could do worse. You could do worse. And as far as uh star Giandre, welcome coming in. Uh, Travis came in with some stars early on. Wanted to say thank you, Travis. His morning fellas. It's really sad how delusional Mike Kliss is acting towards Vic getting fired. Now, someone made a comment yesterday that said uh, Kliss is a Vic toady. What what would you say to that, Nick? Uh, Kliss isn't a Vic toady. Kliss is a part of Denver mainstream media, uh, state-sponsored media, if you will. So mm -hmm. uh, he's going to say things that through the prism of uh, the Denver Broncos organization, and he's going to speak highly of guys when the Broncos organization tells him to and speak lowly of guys when they tell him to. So I don't know if he's a Vic Fangio toady more so than he is a Patrick Smythe uh, state-sponsored media type, which, I mean, not to disparage Cliss. I mean, he's got a, he does a good job for what he does, but he's, he's not here out here analyzing. He's out here reporting. And as long as you understand Echoing. that, that's a big thing. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So my question on this is, as how this, cause I, I haven't, I don't follow Mike Cliss. I don't know what he's saying. Um, if you are a state-sponsored guy, you would be basically echoing everything that George Payton is saying. You know, it was instead of pushing back on Vic Fangio. So where's the disconnect there? Why would why would Travis say um, he's surprised in how defensive he's getting about the Vic Fangio firing um, when he knows that? Because, you know, I, I've told you all before, once you start seeing the, the 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 newspapers and TV guys start to turn a little bit, you know, it's the, the time's almost over because they know they don't have to protect that relationship with the coach anymore. They're gone. I think the Broncos organization really respected Vic Fangio, the head coach and grinder. Uh, if you watch the press conference with George Payton, who, again, it's coach speak. He always says the right thing, but it really does seem like there was some love and understanding between those two. Uh, mm -hmm. Because, I mean, Vic Fangio is a football psychopath. Um, mm -hmm. One of the people, one of the few people in that organization who is there as early and as late consistently as George Payton. So uh, there's a lot of respect as far as how much work he put in and the football mind that he has. So they're not trying to disparage him on the way out. It didn't work. That's unfortunate, but I don't think this Broncos team is trying to nuke him. And it's not like they have to sell the fans on getting rid of him either. I mean, if anything, they need to do a little bit of damage control saying like, you know, this guy isn't the worst of all time. You know, don't, don't key his car or egg his house on the no, way. Out. I think, <laughs> I think last year, I mean, didn't I tell you, I, I wrote the, the press release for him, you know, exactly what's going to say. I, I think mm -hmm. I said this last week and it was almost word for word. Yep. Organization has been great. You're in good hands with George Payton. You know exactly what it was going to say. It's all, you know, you don't, again, don't get too worked up about what people say publicly or not publicly or publicly positive or negative. Um, every once in a while they'll slip up and a little bit of truth will come out. And, you know, that's unfortunately why we have to have, a million miles of airtime dedicated to press conferences for that one little soundbite. I'm a man. I'm 40. We'll have Oklahoma State press conferences for the rest of our lives because of because of Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy. God bless you, Mike. Uh, Miguel coming in saying good morning, fellas. Can't wait to watch or can't watch. Just wanted to say what's up and have a great show. We'll see you later, Miguel, on the uh, the live stream side of the, the podcast side of things. Oh my gosh, we need to do our reads here, don't we? We're 12 minutes in, guys. Of course, this is the Mile High Insiders Show. Uh, you can follow us at Huddle Up Pod. This is well Broncos as... for breakfast, kid. What did I say? You just said Mile High Insiders. This is Broncos for breakfast. Um, <laughs> the chat doesn't have, for some reason, all the other shows have the show up top. This one never does. Um, so Huddle Up Podcast Network, Mile High Huddle. But Bro Broncos for breakfast. Follow Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy, and I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at Huddle Up Pod, as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you guys are over on Facebook, make sure you join us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. If you're listening after the fact, like Miguel's going to be, make sure you go to Apple Podcasts, leave us your five star review and a comment. And if you're on YouTube, please subscribe, like, and share to our show, Mile High Huddle, as well as Scott's channel at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy, where we're going to be having a lot of draft content coming forward. Scott is going to be down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl, which Broncos fans should have key interest in given. Every single one of the top quarterbacks besides Matt Corral is going to be down there as it currently stands. So we're going to see how that plays out. A lot of interest and intrigue there. 
And if you're worried about weather, there's always some bad weather days. If not rain and cold, um, I've, I've, I've told you this before, Nick, I think. Uh, I grew up in, in the South. I grew up in Atlanta. I hated the winters here. Hated them. It's, you know, between 38 and 42 degrees and raining. It's just miserable. I'm like, just go ahead and freaking snow. Well, so I ended up doing a, about a two-year stint where I was living in New Jersey. January rolls around, it snows. I'm like, perfect. This is what I'm talking about. And then April and May roll around, and it's 40 degrees and raining. I'm like, oh, I get it now. Y'all y'all don't uh, actually miss 40 degrees and rain. You just call it spring. Okay, your spring sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so the winter in Mobile should give us at least one day of weather where we get to judge a little tiny hand throwing in the wind and possibly some some inclement weather for, for Kenny Pickett out there. You'd hope so. Um, they do have that indoor facility, which would be make things kind of rough, but uh, we'll see. We got Ed coming in here. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Kenyon coming in here. Morning, family. It's awesome to see you. Clayton's asking, what kind of coffee are you drinking there, Scott? Is it Cafe Vita this morning? Oh, yes. The Cafe Brit. Uh, I'm not sure. I ordered eight bags, so they're, I mixed and matched. I think I went through the... The sloth coffee, I think I'm back to like the the regular Terrazola or whatever it is. But I usually drink a, a dark roast. They do a scale of, of one to ten. And I'm usually sitting in the seven and eights on my on my coffee. So good brew and my Broncos for breakfast mug. Get your Broncos for breakfast mug at huddleuppod.com. Prost. Yeah, I'm drinking uh, roast from Dubuque, Iowa. Uh, Ver- Verana Street. Good stuff. Jamal Killings coming in. Good morning, guys. Excited for our future. Michael Ronquillo is also in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos. We got Chris Hernandez coming in on the stars. Yeah, uh, with the coffee mug on, on Facebook. So cheers, Chris. Appreciate you. I'm going to take a swig real quick as well. Everyone, <laughs> I need it. The dog last night was, uh, we just uh, just started letting the dog sleep in bed. And uh, it turns out he's a dog a, sleep in the bed. It's too late. Um, <laughs> he's But uh, he's a snorer, which is cute for the first 10 minutes. Um, and then it's not so cute. So uh, we're getting it here. We got Peter coming in saying Vikings in a complete rebuild. So that'll be a, uh, that'll be interesting. Do you thought any thoughts on the Vikings? Should the Broncos go after Spielman or Mike Zimmer in any sort of capacity for the Broncos? Again, what, what you're, what you will see is usually a fired head coach. Sometimes he'll go directly into another head coaching gig. Sometimes they'll take a year off, maybe even two years and they'll sit on their buyout. You know, they're, they're going to get four to $6 million payout minimum. Um, but a lot of times they'll go and just be a coordinator somewhere. Just get back into the coaching. The coordinator position is for the football geeks. They're for the guys. That's where you want to elevate to when you're not political. You're not overly social. You're just X's nose. All I want to do is be a football coach for my entire life. You're the, and, and I think a lot of the head coaches who elevate to head coaching positions and lose it, they really enjoy going back to being coordinators for a year where they can just focus on football. The personnel decisions are gone. It's all that kind of stuff. You know, you get all these old curmudgeon dudes that end up coordinators for life. And, uh, yeah. you know, you look at look at Dean Peace. We've talked, you know, Wade Phillips' name has come up a bunch. You think he wouldn't like running a defense again? Of course he would. So don't be surprised you Mike Zimmer, one, either sit out a year, or two, become a defensive coordinator somewhere. Become a coordinator yeah. somewhere. Um because I think he's a defensive background. It's like I said, I'll make mistakes and I'll shoot myself in the foot saying live. Uh, but I think we we talked a little bit before and he is a defensive background guy. So yeah. Could he come to the Broncos as a defensive coordinator? Um, could, but you've got one right now. Yeah. We'll have a defensive Broncos. coordinator. Yeah. We'll see what happens with Ed Donatel. The Broncos did not fire him. They still have his rights. I'm assuming, I would assume that he's going to move on from for, for whoever the new head coach comes in, but you never know. The Broncos still have him under contract, uh, so we'll see what happens. We got Arthur Eugene Spooner coming in over on Twitch. Shout out to our Twitch followers. Uh, hey, guys, can we get Kellen Moore as a head coach and Flores as the defensive coordinator, please? Uh, Kellen Moore, he kind of faded a bit down the stretch. I still really like that Cowboys offense. Obviously, they are stacked at the receiver position. They have a top 10 quarterback and a Pretty good offensive line. Not as good as it used to be, but pretty darn good offensive line. So any thoughts on Kellen Moore as a head coach? Are you do you want to um gather more of the sample size, see how they kind of do in the playoffs? Before? I think I just I feel like it's a little early for him, but um yeah. you know, somebody's <clears throat> somebody's gonna be somebody's gonna take the chance. It wouldn't surprise me. I like him a lot better than I liked Joe Brady last year. I thought that was yeah. just 
the Joe, I was so distraught by the talk of Joe Brady getting a head coaching position. I was just like, what on earth are you people thinking? And just, you know, he's done almost nothing in his career. Kellen Moore has already got a, a much better resume, been a coordinator in an offense with success. I mean, you know, while they are stacked, they've been stacked for a long time. This is Dallas Cowboys we're talking about. And Dak Prescott breaking a record for touchdown passes in the season. I know it was 17 games. But, yeah, he ran a pretty good offense. He, he look, at, look at the hole. You're going to have off games. Look at the bigger, the, the bigger picture. And Kellen Moore, of the young guys, unproven guys, he'd be the one I'd tap. Kellen was a underarmed, undersized, Four-star quarterback, shout out to my guy, uh, Brandon Huffman, who was the only one in our business to put four stars next to Kellen Moore just because he loved him coming out, loved him, said, I love everything about the way this guy plays the game. He never had all the tools um, and just was successful based on the it factor, the intangibles, the smarts, the moxie, still had enough arm, enough size um, that he was extremely successful at Boise State. And it doesn't surprise me a bit that a guy who has to get by with more and be successful, not just get by, but succeed with more than just raw arm talent and athletic ability is being successful as a coach. So he knows how to get the best out of himself. He knows how to get the best out of other people. I'm a fan of Kellen Moore. I just don't know if it's, if it's a little early for him, if you're looking to put together a roster to make a run in the next year or two, if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars and you want to pair him up with Trevor Lawrence for the next five, six years. Yes. Heck yes. But, yeah. you know, look where they are and look where you think you should be next year. And it's very two very different things. Yeah, the thing about those offensive-minded head coaching candidates is you have to jump on them a year before you're comfortable. I feel like that's the case because people will jump on them. And that makes mm-hmm. that adds a lot of risk. But you have, uh, you know, guys like Sean McVay. Uh, he was not very – not the it coaching candidate that cycle. Ends up being the it guy. Uh, Matt LaFleur also, you know, a year before, cause he was there with Tennessee before Arthur Smith, I believe if I'm correct on that, um, uh, his timeline there and he's could be coach of the year this season. He's been great with the Packers. Um, Zach Taylor, not really getting it right. Then this year, all of a sudden it really comes together. All those guys also have uh pretty good quarterbacks. So that's, <laughs> I really am a believer. It's the Jimmy's and Joe's not the X's and O's for the most part in the NFL, but still, um, Gotta if you like Dan, if you like uh, Kellen Moore, you feel like he's still a year off. You probably got to swing a year before he, you know. Karaoke Chris coming in. Oops, saying Sorry. it was the dawn of a new era in Denver. It's okay. Uh, it's the dawn of a new era in Denver. Hopefully they'll get it right, Chris and Karaoke Chris. Good to see you. Good morning to you. Yeah, and then Travis coming in with some more stars saying, "I believe in George Payton. I think he will get it right. Finally, great head coach and a bona fide quarterback." Um, I actually think the coach might be easier to get than the quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> uh, money will get you the coach. If you identify the coach, you throw enough money, you can hire a coach. The rules prohibit you from getting the quarterbacks uh, unless everybody else has their chance first or or whatnot. So uh, it becomes a little tougher to, to pry. If you identify five coaching candidates, you can probably get one of those five. You might, you might not have the same luck with five quarterbacks um, based on contracts, drafts, all that type of stuff. So, um, but again, take care of what's in your control right now. And that is getting the best possible quarterback or uh, head coaching candidate. And uh, I think the, the Denver Broncos are in a very, very good position to do so. It's a very attractive job. Yeah, it is an attractive job. Ownership kind of makes it weird, but uh, they'll get that figured out. Those guys will still get paid. Uh, We got EJ coming in saying, Nick, who are your favorite candidates for the head coach of the Broncos? I really like Hackett right now. Um, I love that system that they're running in uh, green Bay. It's not just Aaron Rodgers out there. That's actually a really, really good offensive system that they're doing a lot with. Um, I'd like to see them evolve a bit with their RPO offense, maybe mimic a little bit of what Miami's doing uh, or had been doing with the RPO game to get a little bit more explosive option plays on the uh, pass game. But I think Hackett would be a good get, Uh, but I'm going to be honest with you guys. I am. I like to watch tape and evaluate tape and look at data of individual players. And that's pretty hard to do for a coach. So coaches do a lot of the stuff behind the scenes. It's a relationship business. I can't sit here and watch tape of a coach watching tape or drawing up a scheme to tell you if they're good or not. I can watch tape of Von Miller and say, yeah, that dude is different than other edge rushers at the position. So um, do I have a favorite head coach? Um, there's some guys that I think are good, but I'm not I'm not going to be over, over, overly reactionary one way or the other. Uh, I can say that Dan Quinn, I do not love, do not love at all the cover three heavy emphasis that he has historically. 
He hasn't done that this season. Um, but what we know about Patrick Holmes and Justin Herbert is that they tend to whip the single high safety looks. And Quinn likes to do use those more than the cover four matchup quarters, cover six kind of looks. Yeah, I, I think Quinn is <clears throat> Quinn's not necessarily a system guy. I think he's he's good enough to adapt to the personnel and to the people he's playing against. Not, you know, not just one of those, this is what we do. And by God, this is what we're going to do. Just he, will, he will make adjustments. I've seen, I see more pressure that, that drove me just absolutely crazy watching, you know, the Falcons blow leads is, you know, a four man front constantly, you know, the, the yeah. prevent defense, it, it was, you know, please get after him. If you're going to lose anyway, at least, lose swinging man don't just yeah. let them dink and dunk you to death for god's sakes and yes i'm speaking of a game that won't be mentioned and speaking of uh jimmy's and joe's versus x's and o's you look at what the falcons have on paper the pass rush versus uh, uh lawrence randy gregory micah parsons it's it's a player's league guys um but thank you so much for the comment ej mark coming in saying i like all the pods broncos for breakfast is my favorite though i just thoroughly enjoy scott and nick's takes well, that's uh, that's great to see. Thank you so much, Mark. Glad somebody's enjoying it. Um, Richard coming in saying, not sure if you guys saw, but Brian Flores was fired this morning. Y'all think he should be in the Broncos mind as a top candidate. I'm skeptical about Brian Flores as a top candidate for Denver, but the fact that they were listing Jared Mayo, who, uh, gosh, I remember the Patriots taking him with a top 10 pick back in the day. That might have been a uh, Raiders pick that they got in the Richard Seymour trade. I don't remember exactly, but Jared Mayo uh, from Tennessee. Now he's the linebacker coach with the Patriots. Maybe the Broncos would have interest in Brian Flores if they have interest in Jared Mayo as well. Yeah, and again, I, I think it might do him a little bit of good to go get a, a coordinator job for a year also. But yeah. he can sit out a year. He could go back to the college ranks too, not out of the question completely. Um, but right before we came on, I said I'd, I'd call him up, and I'd, I, I think I don't think he won't be out of work long. Yeah. I promise you that. Yep. Yep, exactly. Um, we got Jordan Ellis saying with you on the Verana Street Coffee. Hey, hey, we got a fellow Iowan in here. That's a little, a little kind of small place, but we were really trying to support local businesses with all the stuff going on in the world when we were back in Iowa and a little taste of home, which is ironic because we're out in Seattle with the coffee roasting, one of the coffee roasting capitals of the world. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. We got Mike coming in too, saying good morning, everyone. Great day yesterday. Yeah, Scott, um, I thought overall the Broncos did a good job moving up from the 11th pick which they could have had all the way to the ninth pick so pretty happy about that but like could your falcons just not lay down and die at trevor you're, uh, you're yeah that was a that was a falcons game for sure um you were one you know looking at that denver the the chicago bears jumped out to an early lead too yeah, gosh, um, I was really hoping. they hold on to that i think i tweeted you know the bears hold on this happens this happens this happens i think it was about 31 to nothing after i tweeted that so yep. Um, I, I kind of joked. I said the the general manager called down to the head coach that you win this, you're, you're fired. You're not going to get paid out, whatever, because he's got fired anyway. Um, you know, if you're uh, if you win this game, so um, we had an idea Washington was going to win. I completely mm -hmm. dismissed the idea of uh, the Seattle. Seahawks beating the Cardinals, but they did. They did, that and that uh, that moved them up. So you're looking at uh, number nine, number nine mm -hmm. overall. We will have lots of time to get into uh, the, the 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 players and possibilities at number nine because there's going to be some good ones. It, it, you might not get a Sertan out of it, yeah, but you should be able to pick up a player very excited about for sure. I'm just going to be really mad when the Falcons take uh, my guy Kyle Hamilton one pick hey, before Denver. If you want to, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to move up a spot, offer him something. If you want your quarterback, because the Falcons, I don't think, will use that spot in a quarterback at number eight. So. You want to make sure that they don't or that someone else does. Because if, if I'm Terry Fontenot and you I get a hint that that the Broncos are thinking quarterback, I'd be on the phone and say, hey, listen, George, you know, the Eagles are talking to me about quarterback. Do you, uh, do you want the, It's going to cost you a fourth to move up a spot. That says to me that you're pushing down a blue chip player down the board if somebody's trading up for a quarterback with Atlanta. So I say go for it. Um, I'm I'm hoping that the uh, New Orleans Saints have their eyes on a quarterback, if anything, and they want to trade up giving a 2023 uh, first round pick for that quarterback. We know the Saints are aggressive and the Trevor Simeon Taysom Hill experience is one that I don't think anybody uh, should have to deal with. God, that's just horrific. Painted Wolf coming in saying, do we really want Rodgers for two to three years and have to go through this all over again? Um, first off, there's no guarantee that you have to go through all of this all over again. Broncos have swung at quarterbacks. I think they've had 22 starting quarterbacks the, the last 10 years or something. There was some sad about that from uh Gosh, it might have been Albert Breer, but um, 
do I want to go with Rodgers for two to three years than have to go through this all over again? It sure as hell beats having to go all through this the next two to three years uh, where I can at least have a two to three years reprise because that's what you're looking at with this quarterback class this year and the options outside of Rodgers, uh, Rodgers and Wilson. So do I really want Rodgers for two to three years? Yes, because then I'm not talking about this BS Drew Locke versus Teddy Bridgewater versus whatever's left in the toilet from last night uh, at the quarterback position. I'm, I'm done with it, man. I'm it's so just, tired of it. You know, back-to-back MVPs, you know, it's not like we're talking about, I mean, yes, he will decline, but a declining Aaron Rodgers is still arguably the best player in the league. Yeah. You know, he's a back-to-back MVP guy for two to three years. If you can get 90% of that, and he comes in and tosses 40 touchdowns against, you know, five or six interceptions, you're talking about a 12-win season for the next, yeah, you haven't been to the playoffs in six years. Would I go through a rebuilt? Would I take where I am right now in 2025 if I knew I could have Aaron Rodgers for 2022, 2023, and 2024? Yes, I would. Yes, I would. Absolutely. We got some love for Brian Flores. He'll be an interesting candidate. I like a lot of what he's done there in New England. Um, I do think it's worth noting that like every single coach who has left the uh, the teat of Bill Belichick has gone down in flames pretty emphatically that at least I can think of off the top of my head. Um, but will be interesting. Aaron Richardson, though, that's a name I don't recognize. Hopefully you're doing well. And he says, get Brian Flores now. We got Steve coming in. Steve Lazuski. I recognize that name. Good morning to you, Steve. Dylan Von Arks definitely recognize that name. Good morning, Broncos country. Hope you're doing well, Dylan. Um, so, yes, yeah, got any other qu- comments that are sticking out right now? Or can we talk a little bit of uh, Broncos at nine overall yeah. with the draft pick? Let's let's get to it. I think, you know, we're, we're fairly well caught up on matters of business here. Let's uh, let's let's see if we can steer things our direction a little bit. So it's officially time. Um, obviously, everybody's talking about the coaching stuff right now, but the Broncos also did get the ninth overall pick. And I'll tell you, Scott, I am pretty excited about that area because right now I have 10 players that I would be not over the moon with, but excited about adding to the Denver Broncos. Three of them offensive tackles, four of them defensive backs, and four of them edge rushers. So uh, not the quarterback that people want. That's unfortunate. It is what it is. We'll see how the process plays out. Um, I don't have any quarterback in this class with a first-round grade. I wouldn't be comfortable taking any of them, let alone uh, not even in the top 20, let alone top 10. Uh, That's just where I stand right now. Um, You know, last year I was over the moon with Trey Lance and Justin Fields. They haven't been incredible so far this season so we'll see how it plays out uh but um top 10 do you have anybody that you have circled for the broncos last year you said patrick Sertain almost off the off the hoof anybody mm-hmm. for your off the hoof guess this season uh i i would probably go you know again either edge or tackle mm-hmm. i think there should be somebody there whichever one of those guys if carl loftus falls it's possible yeah. um you know I, I was listening to eric trickle and you know he doesn't like charles cross mississippi state at all yeah. Um, so I don't know if, if he's going to be, if he's going to be graded that high, but if he, if he is, uh, there's a possibility there. Um, I know you like, you like the corners, a possibility. Um, Iquanu, big offensive tackle from, from NC state is somebody that, that might be there. Um, but that's, that's where I want to go. So, you know, and then, you know, do you reach how, what is going to happen with Ojabo come, you know, uh, pro days, you know, is he going to test the way? And is Aiden Hutchinson going to test that way? You know, that's where I think that that Aiden Hutchinson, you, you might end up with, you know, this time six months ago, there was a clear number one. It was it was Kayvon Thibodeau. And then all of a sudden, Hutchinson comes in based on production at Michigan, Michigan hype, blah, blah, blah. But what happens when the pro days come along and you're talking about a two-tenth of a second difference across most of the measurables? What then? Then I think, you know, does Ojabo test anywhere similar uh, to the way those Penn State boys did last year. Because if he did, then again, I advocated for Micah Parsons at four. Um, I didn't necessarily want the Falcons to take him at four, but I thought he was good enough that someone should knock on their door and say, hey, we, we want this guy at four. History has proven me right on that one. Um, someone asked me the biggest miss. Uh, the one I'm out on the limb with most probably is Justin Fields. So if, if he doesn't pan out, then that would end up being a, a big miss for me. I said take him second overall. Um, so getting circling all the way back around, let's see what Ojabo does in the pro days. Is he a legit top 10 guy? And if he is, he looked pretty good coming off the edge for the Denver Broncos. Yeah. 
No, totally. And uh, Brian, keep me on my toes. Coffee's still kicking in. Uh, Mike Vrabel, great call for the Patriots coaches who have gone on and done good things elsewhere. Vrabel's definitely up there. He did have a good tenure in Houston as well before going. I don't know if he was ever the defensive coordinator for New England off the top of my head. He Don't quote me on that because, again, the coffee's still kicking in. I remember him being the defensive coordinator for the Texans uh, before going off to the Titans here. But um, and Vrabel Steve definitely appreciate the stars earlier when, you know, when we showed you hadn't checked. And thanks for the support. Thank you so much, um, Steve. We appreciate that. Yeah, the Broncos are picking nine again. Um, and we got Kelly coming and saying, what can Denver do to fix the offensive line? I do think that the the pick here, the ninth overall pick, if you do not go with a quarterback or this pick ends up going to a team to get you a quarterback, uh, I think offensive line would make a lot of sense. I know the Colts just had one of the most embarrassing end of the season losses we've ever seen to lose to the Jags, who are going to be picking number one overall to get knocked still out of the, got the number one seed because yeah. Detroit. Detroit Crazy. goes out and wins too. Last night was chaos. Or yesterday's games were chaos. It was great fun, actually. Week 18. A lot of stinkers in that 10 a.m. slot, but uh, some good games. Um, what can Denver do to fix the offensive line, though? I feel pretty good about your interior quartet that you have uh, going into the season. You have a very high floor in that interior. I think it can only get better with Reisner at left guard, uh, Cushenberry at center, and then... Quinn Miners at right guard. I thought Moody held his own at left guard actually in this game too. One of his better pass blocking games of the season against the Chiefs, which is pretty surprising. So if you want to add to that room, let's say you draft a Tyler Linderbaum, you want to bring in a Ryan Jensen at center, you want to pay a Brandon Scherf at right guard. Okay, I, I can see it, especially if you're pairing it with a young rookie quarterback. That kind of makes sense. But you have a very, I think a very good floor with that interior. But Garrett Bowles is locked in at left tackle. You need some tackle depth. You need maybe a day three pick on the interior that can you know be a guy who can develop two years and then maybe take over for somebody. Uh, but really it's that offensive tackle spot. That's going to be the big one that you need to invest in, but what can Denver do to fix the offensive line, fix the quarterback play. It's, it's really, if you have a good quarterback play, it's going to fix the offensive line. This Broncos offensive line, the last two years was better than any offensive line. Peyton Manning had his entire career in Denver. And, and know scheming that. will help to too. It's true. Yeah. Scheme, scheming will help too. It seemed like, the uh, the defensive court the the defense was in the the backfield huddle on a lot of plays you know i just it seemed like whenever i was watching the broncos run a screenplay they were running it into pressure um yeah. not pressure on the quarterback but pressure into the into the flats it was totally covered whenever one was run against them you know it was a jailbreak like it's supposed to be four guys going for the quarterback he dinks it over them and now you got three linemen and a lot of green grass in front of you so um being less obvious on offense will help the offensive line play as well. But I I'd look in the third and fourth rounds. Uh, you've got enough picks that I would, I would be looking to bring in some interior linemen in that area for yep. depth and competition as well. At worst, you drop somebody on the practice squad. You're going to need them. You're going to need them through the course of the season. Yeah. You're going to need, especially with the 18 game season. Now it's not just the, uh, the back. You're going to see backup quarterbacks more than ever, but you're also going to be neat reliant on the depth on that offensive line. Uh, we saw it this year with Denver. I think they started eight or nine different guys over the course of a season. Um, they can find, and I would be an advocate of bringing back a Bobby Massey for a one, two year deal on a high end backup, low end starter money uh, just to give yourself flexibility and relief at that position going into the draft. You never want to go into the draft like the Broncos did in the 2017 yeah. draft. Massey was 2 million this year. That's yeah. that's peanuts. Mike Boone was making more than that. Yeah. You know, and, and, played, and again, you've heard me say before, Nick, if I had one question about Peyton and this team is, could you have done better? You've got all this cap space. Could you have opened up the purse strings and maybe done a little better mm -hmm. um, at right tackle for this season than, than Bobby Massey? Yeah, just the timing was bad because they were banking and already paying Juwan James, and then he gets injured right after the draft. So mm -hmm. uh, that opportunity came and went. Broncos did look at a couple tackles, just didn't work out that way. Uh, hard to complain about last year's draft class on the whole. So uh, they'll get it right this yeah, season. Hopefully. Maybe Rashawn Slater's a Denver Bronco. Yeah, maybe Rashawn Slater's. Maybe they don't trade up for Javonta Williams and take uh, Tevin Jenkins instead, who actually looked pretty good for the Bears there down the stretch. Uh, who knows? Um, but everybody passed on Spencer Brown three times. Blows my mind. Yeah, his pass blocking still a little rough, but man, he's such an athlete. And getting him that late, that's that's worth the uh, the squeeze. We got uh, SoCal Johnson eighty four coming in here saying, "Get Jordan Davis from Georgia with the ninth pick." Uh, Scott, I am excited for tonight, but not to watch Jordan Davis, not to watch Nicobe Dean, like some people are talking about. Two of my favorite, my two favorite players in this game. Our guys who are going to be in the 2023 class. I'm sorry, guys. I just I had I can't even help it. Will Will Anderson 
over in Alabama. If Will Anderson was in this class, he'd be the number one overall pick. I don't give a hoot uh, what you think about Thibodeau or Hutchinson. Will Anderson's a different player. Um, he's he's closer to Miles Garrett uh, level prospect than those guys are. Uh, he's number 31 in Alabama. Watch him. Georgia's going to try to run the ball to take him out of the game, but Will Anderson's a freak of freaks. And then on Georgia's defensive line, you'd have who would be the number one interior defensive line in football this season in uh, Jalen Carter. I know that you were talking about seeing Nicobe Dean run across the field. He's easy to see with his eyes popping. When Jalen Carter's on the field, watch him move compared to uh, Wyatt and Davis and even Ch- uh, Trevon Walker. Jalen Carter, top, he'd be a top 10 pick in this draft class. There's going to be a lot of, of there's there's going to be 40 players yeah. on the field tonight that'll be in the NFL. Yep. I mean, it's just it's just a different level that that these two are playing. I think I I look back and I tweeted it like October 7th and uh it said Alabama, Georgia, dot 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 everyone else. Yep. Um and, and it is. They, these guys have recruited well. Um Saban is one of the hardest people in the world to work for. He, he really is. He may have mellowed out a little bit, uh, but he's one of the hardest, most demanding, psychotic uh, people to ever work for. I, a friend of mine was coaching there, and it was uh, you know March or something. He goes, we can't be farther away from our last game or farther from our next game. And we have a 6.30 a.m. call uh, office time show up for, for planning on Saturday, on a Saturday. Um, he's just hard and Kirby smart was with him the longest. He, this is a, a Nick Saban disciple without a doubt. He was with them seven or eight years before taking over at Georgia. Um, and Kirby smart was a hell of a recruiter, um, defensive guy, defensive guy and a a recruiter. He understands that, you know, I need the players, boy, God, he's got them. He's been, he's been in the top of the recruiting rankings since he's taken over at Georgia along with Alabama. And it shows, it shows. Yeah, no, the uh, the biggest difference in this game, Georgia's much better on paper across the board, but Alabama has such a huge advantage at the quarterback position. And no no uh no offense to Stenson They've Bennett. They've got the mental advantage, dude. Alabama does. They're, they're they're Alabama and we it's it's like we're Alabama and we know it and that means something in college. It absolutely yeah. does. No, well, I'm going to take Georgia in this game because I don't think that um Bryce Young is going to be able to go God mode like he did last time. Um, that high level of play, he's uh, that's just the reality of quarterbacks. We saw him versus Auburn not look very good until the last drive. And then he went just literally God mode, as I like to call it, with the uh, the pick there um, against Georgia. I also think Georgia was keeping some stuff to, close to the vest in that game. They knew that they did not have to win that game. Alabama did. So uh, I think Georgia's going to win. It makes me scared because it's, I'm betting against Nick Saban and the team with a better quarterback. But I think Georgia across the board has the better team. I'm really also excited to see what. Uh, George Pickens can do in this game. He's been kind of coming off that injury. Mm-hmm. He, he might be the best, one of the best wide receivers in football this season if he wasn't injured. And uh, they're kind of holding on to that. Also, you guys know I love the tight end. I'm an Iowa boy through and through. George Pickens at tight end for Georgia, true freshman. Wide receiver, how is Brock he, Bowers? Brock, yes, Brock, Brock Bowers. Bowers. Mm-hmm. Tight end. Um, how is he 17 years old or 18 years old? It's unbelievable. I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. Unbelievable. Uh, and, uh, you know, let's see where, where do you go? Everybody's jumping here. It's hard doing yeah. this like this. Peter says, Scott will want Georgia. Presumably I actually, I mentioned that familiarity breeds contempt. Uh, I grew up in Georgia around a bunch of obnoxious Georgia fans. I really, and then the girl I dated, I, she went to Georgia and I hated her. One of those, you know, <laughs> you hated the girl you dated. learn a lot about relationships. Couldn't stand her yet. We were together for like three years. Um, she went to Georgia. I hated Georgia. Um, not so much anymore. Uh, Kirby Smart is one of my favorites. Uh, I got to know him while he was at Georgia, at Alabama. He was recruiting the state of Georgia, so we we talked a little bit at the time. Um, love Kirby Smart. Um, respect the hell out of Nick Saban. I went to Auburn. So being a Georgia boy that went to Auburn, Georgia was my rival. I didn't, I didn't know anything about Alabama for the most part. No. But I grew up uh, – I didn't grow up in this stuff. I really didn't. And then college football became a job. Um, I was a pro sports fan, so I was a Braves, Falcons, Hawks guy more than I was a college football guy. I don't, I don't really care that the old saying is you end up rooting more for the names on the back of the jerseys and the names on the front of the jerseys. Um, and there's a lot of players to root for. I want to see Evan Neal out here. So mm-hmm. if you want to see who might be the highest draft pick uh, in this game, it, it could be the the left tackle for Alabama. Keep an eye on Evan Neal because yeah. he he is a good one also, and he's got a chance to sneak up into those top two spots. I firmly believe. Um, during the evaluation process with with Hutchison 
Thibodeau, Neil, he's got a chance to sneak up, sneak up into those top two spots. Yeah, there are five prospects right now that I am fairly confident will not reach the Broncos at nine overall. You still list them because it's we're still early in the process. But uh, Evan Neal is one of those guys. You obviously Hutchinson and Thibodeau, two guys that should probably be one and two off the board. Definitely in the top three. Evan Neal should be in the top five. Kyle Hamilton should be in the top five. And uh, I think Derek Stingley also mm-hmm. should be up there as well. If those guys sniff close to Denver, I'm assuming Atlanta jumps on them at eight before Denver even has a chance to jump on any of those guys. But then you got Aquano, you got Cross, you got Karloftis, you got Ojabo. Those guys uh, in the range there for Denver. So we'll see what happens. I saw, yeah. again, the tweet earlier, uh, the message earlier, Jordan Davis at nine overall. I personally would not spend a ninth overall pick on Jordan Davis compared to some of the available options, uh, especially because while he is a big man and there are reps out there where he can rush the passer, he just does n- nothing in the pass game when he's on the field in the pass game. It just, it, I don't know if I could spend a top 10 pick we'll on see. that. I, what I yeah. watched him against Michigan, I think he, he was better than I expected as far as getting penetration. Yeah, uh, and it was, it was penetration through brute force, which he yeah. won't be able to do. I don't care how big and strong you are. You can't do that consistently in the NFL because everybody out there can bench press a piano and squat a house. Yeah. Um, you know, unless they're playing for, you know, never mind. And, and um, one thing to watch tonight real quick with Jordan Davis conversation, mm-hmm. this Alabama stuff, uh, really important, this Alabama SEC championship game that we just had recently. When Jordan Davis was on the field, Alabama went with heavy pace. They went quick. They went quick snap. They were getting quick to the line of scrimmage. So Al- or Georgia could not tap into their depth on the defensive line in the front seven to get him off the field. And Jordan Davis was gassed. And They, they do that again. Terrible. They do that in a game that matters, you know, with, with everything on the line. Look for Jordan Davis to sit on his butt and grab his calf. Yeah, that's <laughs> gosh, that's probably true. Let's get Jalen Carter out there, though. Oh, um, but you want to words? I'm cramping. I need a sub. Cramping. They'll slow yeah. it down. They'll they'll get into the the dark arts a little bit. Do you think this is an issue for Iowa because teams were doing this against Iowa all season because Iowa would kind of run a quick uh, pace rushing attack? Um, do you think that when a player gets injured, they should be out for the series? there needs to be some sort of ramification or something for these guys just faking these injuries. I don't know what it is, but they can't, they can't just constantly, Oh my, my toes out for one play. And then you're back on the field. Series would be okay with me. I hadn't, I hadn't really thought, I hadn't really thought about it too much. Um, you know, I, I see it in, in soccer, you know, just as much where they go down to the, the simulation yeah. because of the consequences of a hard foul is a, a yellow card. And if you don't, know that is, it's basically a technical foul. You get two technical fouls in basketball, you're out. It's very similar in soccer. So mm-hmm. the, the simulation to try to get these guys, the the, the yellow card is out of control. Yeah. Um, you know, I've thought if, if you go down you should, for however long the game stopped, you should be out that long. You're not allowed back on the field. You got to come out. You're not allowed. So something similar like that makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, you, you need a series. If you're hurt and you're hurt enough that we have to stop play, then you need to you need to you need to sit out the series and make sure you're OK. I'm yep. OK with that. I think that they need to do it on third down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's still maybe you have to mix miss two series or something. I don't know, but they need to think of something. Dylan Von Ark's coming in with some details for us. James Palmer, NFL insider, uh, just tweeted the Broncos head coaching candidates are going to have to have a clear offensive plan. Sounds like a little bit of fluff to me from James Palmer, but I think this well, also Peyton, opens the Peyton door. He said that yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, he, he yeah. said that yesterday. And uh, he mentioned I, I kind of said in the background because they read that quote on air. Uh, last night about George Payton saying, yeah, does, does Drew Locke have a, a, a place on this team next year? He says, yes, absolutely. Everybody that we're going to ask, you know, we're going to ask, what are your plans for Drew Locke? How do you plan on getting the best of them? We're going to ask him about NFL free agents. We're going to ask him about the college quarterbacks. And, you know, Chad latched onto that and saying, you know, the, the Drew Locke, Drew Locke, Drew Locke. And I'm like, listen, he just said nothing by saying everything. You know, he didn't, he didn't tell you anything right there because he just mentioned all of the possibilities. So, mm-hmm. That that he did say that Peyton said that in his press conference. Uh, that's going to be part of the interview process. Is what is your plan for offense? Of course, that's yeah, duh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do think hire head coach and say, oh, shit, we forgot about the offense. I think it really sets it up though, where this is just laying the groundwork for them justifying a defensive-minded head coach. Um, we're like, well, we hired Dan Quinn, but you guys got to listen to his offensive plan. Like he has a plan on offense. So like, don't worry that we hired a defensive guy. It says DC in his, his resume. This guy knows what he wants to do on offense. So we're going to hire him. That's Who what knows it reads better than how to get the good offense than the guy who's been trying to stop them. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. It's, he's been in the NFC South. He's gone. I, do, up against- I can't tell you how many times I do this in the background when I'm producing the chats. Yeah. I mean, it's, 
they're tried and true narratives that media clings onto and that fans will cling onto. So we don't know how it's going to work out until it works out. Uh, but uh, still, these are just things that make people feel good. You know, it's like every single off season, my eyes, one of these days, my eyes are going to get permanently stuck in my head from rolling um, when it's like, oh, I'm in the best shape of my life. I switched to a new keto something diet and I've lost 30 pounds and I'm in the best shape of my life. I've never felt better. I'm going to, okay. Yeah, sure. Every single player says it every single off season. We'll see about that. I dropped 10 pounds and because last year I gained 10 pounds and it didn't work. So we're just going to keep mashing buttons to see what happens. Welcome to the off season folks. We're already there. Uh, Mr. Blue Broncos fan coming in. What positions and free agents would you like to see the Broncos feel field during free agency instead of the draft? Um, For me, free agency is always about the immediate where draft is about the future. So the positions the Broncos should be looking at right now, where I do not feel comfortable totally where they should bring back somebody uh, just to feel good going into the draft. They need to right tackle. Do I feel good with uh, Drew Heimelman as your right tackle with, or Quinn Bailey as your right tackle. Uh, now that Cam Fleming and Calvin Anderson and Bobby Massey are going to be all free agents. No, no, I do not. So you need to bring in at somebody who you're competent or confident can be a right tackle day one. You probably need another linebacker, whether that be bringing back one of the three that are free agents, Kenny Young, Alexander Johnson, Josie Jewell, to pair with Jonas Griffith and Baron Browning. And you probably need another defensive back. You're losing three of your top seven. I feel good about Caden Stearns. Michael Ojemudia had a heck of a week 17. Haven't even talked about that Chiefs game. Um, but you're losing Bryce Callahan. You're losing Kareem Jackson. You're losing Kyle Fuller. You probably need to bring back another defensive back. Other than that, though, you f- I feel pretty good about the roster Overall, I would maybe if you bring in Dan Quinn, maybe Randy Gregory is somebody you bring in. That way you have a starting caliber edge off the cuff that, you know, fits in the scheme. Um, but for, again, right tackle, off ball linebacker, nickelback, the defensive back. Those are the three positions where they probably need to bring in somebody who can at least carry them over to the draft. So they don't go into the draft being like, if we don't get position X, we can't run our team and we will lose the season. Well, an, an obvious answer for me is quarterback. You know, yeah. you're, if you if you don't get one of the guys you want in a trade, then you're going to need to bring in another quarterback for sure. Because even if you draft a guy, OK, now you've got two, you've got you've got Locke and your draft pick and you're you're going to want to bring in a veteran. Mm-hmm. So and, and, and one you didn't mention, uh, how about running back? Uh, you can get a good running back for pretty cheap for yeah. the eight million dollars that's coming off of your books. Now, Mike Boone has a pretty expensive list right now. Um, I think he's got a two or three million dollar cap hit next year. That's a lot. That's a lot for for what he meant to this team. He was grossly overpaid, um, yeah. and that's probably you know you think if you go down the list of of pay, it was it was like cut in half each way each time you went down. It went it went Melvin Gordon cut it in half to get to uh, and it was actually a little more than half. Get down to Mike Boone cut that in half to get to your rookie contract and Javante Williams. So. With him coming off the books, you're talking about paying Mike Boone about three times as much as you're probably paying Javante Williams. Again, I'd have to check on these numbers, but as a second round pick, I can't imagine he's much more than a million a year at most, where Mike Boone's pretty expensive, that you've got money to play with to try and upgrade um, what you currently have on on contract as a a second running back. Yeah, Mike Boone was paid decently uh the one thing i will push back on a little bit with you is that the reason he wasn't seen this year is because the broncos shockingly only had like one game a season where they were without their 1a and 1b running backs mm-hmm. that just is you don't plan for that you can't plan for that but uh, at and Boone, best at best next year he's a he's he's a backup yep at best yeah yeah, but you're not paying the other running back. Your running back room is still is going to be mm-hmm. cheap relatively. And I thought in the one game where Mike Boone did play uh, was the Casey game on the road. He looked pretty darn good. I was actually pretty impressed with him. One game sample size. Who knows what that means? Broncos ran well in that game, but uh, I think he's only two million dollars next year, according to yeah. Ethan here. Yeah, so, as uh, say, he's 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 more than. But that's that was two million dollars for a third running back. Yeah, that's a that's a lot. Yeah, that's a and that's he, a lot for this year. So maybe you pay him knowing you wanted him to be the, the the second guy next year already. Yeah. And then you go and look and you 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 bring back another guy in the draft. But I wouldn't rule out a free agent running back. Again, I've said it before. Uh, I'm out of coffee now, so you know, everybody drink. But you could get Cordero Patterson for three and a half to four on a two-year deal. Yeah. 
you know, cut Mel, cut what you're paying Melvin Gordon in half and bring in Cordero Patterson as an ace kick returner. Jesus criminy. You want to talk about an upgrade at kick returner? Are you yeah. joking? God, that would be a big one. Deontay Spencer, um, man. Cordero <laughs> Patterson versus Deontay Spencer, even if he only gets to return one every two games the way they do in, in the NFL these days. You know, this yeah. is an all pro. And then, uh, you know, there's so many different ways you can use him. I'd, I'd make that. I'd be on that that call as soon as I'm allowed to, and probably a little sooner than that with his agent. Um, yeah. I could I could cut the money I was paying Melvin Gordon in half, give half of those carries to to uh, Javante Williams and bring him up to 18 to 20 a game, and give 10 touches a game to to Cordero Patterson, and all of a sudden, I just got better. I just yeah. I just and again. And then what he does as a kick return man, or like I said, that's that's off the charts as an upgrade. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you at all. We'll see what the Broncos do with their cap spending. Um, but uh, I I still don't think Mike Boone was the worst decision to bring on. He suffered. No, no, pretty- I'm not saying he's worth. Yeah. I'm just saying he's a little. He's he's paid more than he's worth, which is yeah. always a precarious position to be in with non guaranteed contracts. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you. And the, again, they paid him before they brought on Javonta Williams. Getting Javonta Williams round two or any of the running backs was no guarantee. So there's an alternate reality out there where a running back got hurt. The Broncos don't get Javonta Williams where Mike Boone uh, was a big part of the season. Um, so I'm I'm willing to hold out and see what this season looks like, looks like for him. He also suffered a pretty severe uh, hamstring injury in that Minnesota week of practice that the Broncos had where he had a bleeding hamstring. Um, that lasted multiple weeks where he was out. So it's, I mean, there's, that's one of the reasons Michael Ojemudia we didn't see until the last game of the year this season, because that hamstring injury held over. So um, I don't think that the Boone signing was that big of a deal. The one that if we're going to be like, you know, hindsight with George Payton, the only, the only deal that I'm like, yeah, maybe that one we would not do again. If we had known what was going to happen is the Kyle Fuller deal, given mm-hmm. what they spent on him. Yeah, and even at the time. And like I said, I'm yeah. not, none of it was that big a deal because it's not, yeah. As I've said before, when you say this guy's overpaid, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. There isn't a contract out there that prohibited you from signing somebody else because you're so far into the cap room. Yep. So that's when it becomes a big problem. When you start running into, well, hell, if we weren't paying this guy so much, we would have been able to get this guy. You haven't run into that problem yet. So yeah. um, I'm just saying, you know, you're looking at free agency. You've got money coming off the books there with Melvin Gordon. You could go out and spend it. it you could go out and, and spend some on the running back position. You could. Yeah, and the last position I f- forgot to bring this one to to my mind. Um, but uh, Broncos are probably, I would assume, probably going to move on from Mike Purcell. Um, he was not worth the cap hit this season uh, at the nose tackle position, and uh, they will probably move on from him. Are they going to be running a three four scheme with that zero technique nose tackle? That remains to be seen. But I would assume that if they are, uh, then you're going to see them bring in somebody at the, another another veteran defensive lineman. Uh, so we got Travis coming. How soon do you guys think we find our next head coach? Might be a couple weeks. Um, that's one that we are waiting on. Uh, they can interview uh, Hackett because the Packers have the number one seed this week. They can interview Doug Peterson because obviously he's not on a team. But a lot of these coaches are not going to be available for two a month. plus weeks or a month. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think they can interview during. No, they can interview during the playoffs. So how far how far are the Cowboys going to go? That's your question for Dan Quinn and uh, more. Uh, there are some other guys as well that are going to be down the process, um, anybody with Tampa Bay, et cetera, et cetera. So um, we'll see what happens. Uh, Flores could be interviewed now. He just got fired, but he's probably going to have to collect his things first. So we'll see what happens. But uh, it's probably going to be a month before Denver gets their, gets their head coach. Yeah, it, it could be a while. And if it gets real quiet, just go ahead and know it's one of the guys on a team that's still in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, Brian Moisson, welcome, saying uh, Liberty didn't even have a program several years ago talking about um you know where Malik Willis is and then he mentioned that's where Roddy White went Roddy White went to UAB who also folded their uh their their uh their program after a while and Roddy White was a really really good wrestler you know we like to talk about a wide receiver wrestler tough to beat those wrestlers for like I said we've talked about this before and the, the sports that cross over to football really well wrestling and track I think are about the two best you can come up with and UAB is back, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. They have an edge rusher that I like this year. He was the Conference USA uh, Player of the Year, and Alex Wright. Um, so yeah, uh, they they had a kid at the Senior Bowl last year too. I don't remember who it was, but he he stood out by size. He was one of those six six two forty five long drink of water guys. Mm. Alex Wright will be like that too. He's like six seven two seventy, um, long limb. And it says I'm fuzzy. Uh, well, I'm I'm feeling fuzzy too. So thank you for the comment. Um, you are yeah, a little we'll, um, your internet. You're 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 a little fuzzy. 
yeah, sometimes it does that this time of day, but uh, we'll get through it. Um, so we're at an hour. Uh, any thoughts before we start wrapping it up here? Any thoughts on tonight's game, the Broncos Chiefs game, the head coach, et cetera, et cetera, or any uh, supers that have come in that uh, we need to touch on? Oh, no, I'm just blocking another spammer. Like I said, it looks like you beat me to it because I got an error. Yeah. Uh, Jelly coming in talking about Brian Flores. Um, so the Dolphins just fired, and this was our first super of the day, Jelly. Thanks for saving the day. Yeah. Um, at, at 10.30 my time. Says uh, the Dolphins just fired Brian Flores. Thoughts? Um, Brian Flores came to mind when I, I didn't realize it was his third year there after I had gone out and said, I can't think of anybody that's gotten a fourth year after three losing seasons. I'm like, well, Brian Flores might be that guy. You just put your foot in your mouth again. Um, but then you know, I was like, but I understand them bringing him back. They obviously showed improvement this year. I don't care if you are playing the dregs of the NFL, winning seven in a row in the NFL is tough. I don't mm. care who you're playing. Um, it's hard. So they showed improvement, and that will show well on his resume. Young dude, um, I don't even think he's 40 yet. He's pretty clean. He might be 41, 42, because when, when the Falcons play them, they talk, Matt Ryan and him played together um, at Boston College. He ain't going to be out of work long. Uh, if he wants to take a defensive coordinator job and just get back into, um, into coaching, take a breath, take your payout, I mean, he's set for life. He's probably got... 20 million plus from the Dolphins over the course of the last three years. He's set for life. Get back to doing what you like doing or just take some time off. Uh, we will see. Yeah. And we also got Shane coming in here. Um, I would be fine with Brian Flores. Uh, again, it's going to come down to the offensive philosophy and what he wants to do there, but people rave about him as a dude and a leader. And uh, I'm, I'd be interested in, seen what he can bring Patriots wise defensively to this team. The Patriots are running a five zero five front right now with a lot of cover one and man, no other team is doing what the Patriots are doing um, as much as uh, new England and Brady, but it'd be fun to see what Flores can do on this team. We also got Shane Daniels coming in and says, just so you don't have only one super go Broncos. Thank you so much, Shane. <laughs> Thanks, we appreciate Shane. Thank you, Shane. No, yeah, it's been a, uh, it's been a hell of a month from the support uh, from, from everybody. We're, we're considerably farther ahead on on YouTube than we were in the previous month, so I'm not I'm not complaining. I was just I was just making a little joke. That's all. Uh, and, and and appreciate you, Shane and Kyle, um, coming in with some stars. Had several. Travis came in with some stars earlier. Uh, Chris Hernandez with some stars. Kyle with some stars. So again, thank you so much, everybody. Uh, and we've got a ton of viewers in here. This is one of our highest viewed shows live. There's almost 300 in here today. So appreciate you. Glad you're here. Yeah, I appreciate you guys so much. We're going to wrap it up and get on out of here because my internet's starting to say, hey, Nick, time to go. And sometimes it only gets fixed when I reboot my computer. Who knows? StreamYard's weird. But you guys can follow us at Huddle Up Pod as well as at Mile High Huddle. Follow Scott and I. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're joining us on Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. If you guys are joining us on YouTube or you just have a YouTube in general, make sure you're going to Mile High Huddle and subscribing, liking, and sharing to us there, as well as Scott's channel at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Uh, we got another, oh my gosh, we got a big one coming in from Ethan. Go ahead, Scott. Yeah, Ethan coming in here. Oh, let me, I, I clicked on Clayton by mistake, but it didn't feel like a mistake when I did it. So yeah. uh, I'm going to go ahead and just and go back there. So smash that like button and share. Appreciate the support, Clayton. Uh, Ethan DWI guys coming in. Um, to, to, to close this out here, Ethan, the closer, he said, I found Ellis's presser interesting in that Peyton will have full authority to choose a head coach. That makes me feel a lot better about the future. Um, Ellis knew his limitations. He said, listen, I've been involved with this. Uh, hasn't gone so well. I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was both funny and honest and refreshing, and I loved it. Uh, I agree with you 100%. And and I, I, I've said that before that George Payton should be in charge of this. If these guys, again, they're, they're not stupid. Sometimes the ego overrides their brains and that's where you run into trouble. Uh, and Joe Ellis is smart enough to know his own limitations and reflect and say, I haven't done very well at this. Let me do things I'm better at. And let's let, this is why I brought George in George. It's your show. And if you listen to George Payton, George Payton is, is saying very similar things in that. Yeah. I am going to lean on every resource I can in order to make this decision. We're going to leave no stone unturned. We're going to cast a wide net and I'm going to gather as much information as I can in order to bring in the best possible guy because things need to change and I guarantee they will. 
Yep. I'm very happy that Ellis is not going to have anything to do with this. I'm happy that John Elway is also limited in what his say can be in this because uh, I trust Peyton much more than those two guys, given the reason the Broncos are in this mess right now as a team is thanks in large part to Ellis and Elway. Now, you can't just say talk bad about them without the good. You know, like the Broncos probably wouldn't be where they are with Peyton Manning and that run as well without Elway and obviously Elway the playing years as well. So it's the good and bad. No, not everybody hit bats 1,000. Um, but uh, I'm excited about the new direction of this team. You got draft picks, you got capital, you got a top 10 pick again. Uh, you are going to be right there in the race for uh, one of these franchise quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks, and you got a chance to, you might have your pick of the litter for the top six quarterbacks in this draft class. Maybe that's not uh, the best thing to do, given I don't really love these guys, but if you love one, then you probably swing. Well, and it's not even Quentin. Quentin coming. That feels like a new name for me, Quentin. So uh, appreciate your your support coming with some stars. Uh, and, and you're going to like anybody trading up. Like you said, if someone trades up and, and goes up to try and get one of those quarterbacks, it's going to push one of the position players you want down. Great. It's like having a number seven pick or, an, you know, a number eight. It's every, every time someone goes up, they want to move up and get Matt Corral. They want to go up and get Carson Strong or Kenny Pickett. Let them. Let yeah. them. Better yet, I'll take your pick. Give me another pick. I'll take yeah. some more picks. You can have my spot. Um, you know that pick. You know, that pick that the Bears sent. I I joked that that uh, that the Bears sent the Giants. I joked that I might have taken that deal at four last year. Let alone you know thirteen or fifteen or wherever it ended up being. Because that pick this year that the Bears had looks pretty darn good right now, doesn't it? It does look pretty good. I will say that it does seem to be the consensus. And I'd agree based on the tape that I've watched that last year's top 10 for the most part would go before every single player in this entire class, um, which means that even though you are getting that extra first round pick, it's not as valuable as what you had it for overall last yeah. season. Uh, and when pick. you break it down by, it's like, okay, what would that have been? It would have been, I would have back, been back to 20. I may have gotten a, a Dafe and uh, George Karloftis. Or yeah. Adafi and Andrew Booth for Kyle Pitts. Or Derek Stingley or something. It's starting to sound yeah. pretty good. Yeah, for sure. All right, Adafi. you got to get out of here before you completely fade away and we never see you again. Love you guys. We will see you. Uh, Scott and Zach will see or Chad and Zach will see you guys tonight for Huddle Up. Scott and I will see you guys again tomorrow morning. You guys have a good one. A lot of fun offseason talk to come. We appreciate you. We'll see you here. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.